And the gang's all here. Welcome to another edge of your seat edition of RVA Dirt's Quick and Dirty City Council Roundup. I'm Francesca Lee Davis, and with me is Jesse Perry and Melissa Vaughn. This afternoon, we will present you with our finding of the October 8th, 2018 meeting of Richmond City Council. We'll call this one Revisionist History is the Sincerest Form of Fuckery. After a regular pre-pledge sesh, Mayor LeVar Stoney was in the House to introduce legislation for expedited consideration to call for the General Assembly to fund the full cost of education in Virginia. We probably should have known things were going to get wacky at this point, because before the mayor can sit down, Reva has got all types of questions. And she doesn't just have questions, she also admonishes her fellow council members for not asking enough questions. I got questions! Eric Tinsley was the first of two individuals signed up for citizen comment this evening. He strutted up to the lectern, donning a fashionable vest made from laminated sheets of paper with pictures and words, thwapping down a stack of papers. Tinsley had a strong, attention-grabbing opening that middle school English teachers would die for. It's delightful to be able to rebut right after the mayor and what they call malarkey that he just sold y'all. Tinsley clearly wasted no time railing in on the mayor and council, accusing everyone of stealing money to build churches in Chesterfield. He turned to the audience to attempt to rally everyone in the people's house before council president No Chilbert interrupted to redirect Tinsley to the dais. Before Tinsley returned to his seat, he reminded our council members that the blood of Jesus was against them, and he's filing a federal lawsuit against the city for something. The second speaker, Daniel Lee, said stuff undoubtedly said stuff. I'm sure it was really interesting and well articulated. I couldn't tell you a, a lick of what happened because OMG WTF was that that just happened. What the hell is that? Anyway, a bunch of stuff was continued and consent passed without much comment before we got into a lengthy discussion on affordable housing during regular agenda. There were two papers up for consideration, one being a $4.5 million grant agreement for a housing development in Manchester and the other would define affordable housing in city code. The main topic of discussion was around the definition of affordability. At least it wasn't the definition of the this time. Specifically, who is the housing affordable to in the Manchester development and by what measurement? The too long didn't read it version here is that the federal definition of affordable housing uses the Metropolitan Statistic Area, or MSA, when calculating the average median income, or AMI, which means it includes all the surrounding counties that skew Richmond's numbers. So, to say housing is affordable at 80% AMI is still not affordable to most people in Richmond. Oh, also, this incentive for the Manchester development is precedent setting, and there were concerns about there not being a clear standard operating procedure to determine how to evaluate other similar projects. Then this whole Manchester project developed into a larger discussion about the proposed definition of affordable housing being added to city code. Nevertheless, both papers passed. The grant agreement for the housing development in Manchester passed on a 5-3 vote with Chilbert abstaining due to a conflict of interest. The affordable housing definitions were codified on a 6-3 vote. Phew, that was a lot. I need a drink. Or three. What bar are we headed to? Uh, not so fast. This war's not over yet. Well, at least it seems some attendees at this evening's city council meeting may be under that impression. For the second time in a year, 9th District Councilman Mike Jones introduced legislation that would ask the General Assembly for Richmond to have control of its own monuments. 
to be super clear. This legislation didn't command the monuments to be torn down or even ask the GA to let us tear them down. It simply asked the GA to allow Richmond control over the monuments to make a decision as a locality. But much like the South surrender, that didn't deter Dixie from coming out in full force to defend the monuments. In his opening comments, Jones said, I'm not looking to erase history. I'm not looking to negate anyone's heritage because I wish I could erase history. I wish I could erase slavery. I wish I could erase Jim Crow segregation. I wish I could erase lynchings. I wish I could erase the death of Emmett Till, but nothing will erase these tragedies of our past. All we can do is simply move forward. Buckle up y'all, because we're about to hop in a DeLorean and take a quick trip back to 1864. Our first public commenter of the evening is Patrick McSweeney, chairman of the Historic Monument Preservation Alliance, who urged council to find common ground and not stir bitter emotions. H.V. Traderick, member of the Society of Independent Southern Historians, he gave us a history lesson that claimed Lincoln, and this is a direct quote, listened instead to the crony capitalists who had gotten him elected and would suffer financially if the Cotton Kingdom were allowed to get out from under the thumb of their mercantile kingdom. So, Lincoln lost an armada against Charleston to provoke the South into firing the first shot. Edward Lacey, one of the taxpayers of this town, was offended that Jones didn't have anything better to do but then worry about a bunch of statues. Then Chilbert gabbled the heck out of this dude, telling him not to address the chair or to attack members. Lacey will have Chilbert know that Jones is the one who attacked the city. Lacey further admonished council for not funding school. Thomas Morris seemed a little hangry when he got heated at Jones for getting his snack on. Direct quote, he was eating gumbies. I sat and I watched him. Is this a break room or is this city council? Do your job. Don't be eating no gumbies. Gumbies. <laughs> Jesus. Them gumbies. Bill Miller, president commander of the Virginia Task Force 3 Percenters, the Dixie Defenders, is saying that we need monuments because we must be reminded of the history so we don't repeat it. Right. Bill. Where were your 36 Confederate ancestors at to preserve the Devil's Half Acre and the other sites back in the day? Y'all claim y'all don't want to repeat history while singing the South is gonna rise again. Oh my God, Becky. Bob Lynch likes big art and he cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. These racists are killing my soul. Oh, Beverly Funk, bringing the funk, bringing the noise. Says this all became divisive after the last president, meaning Barack Obama, because prior to that, no one cared about the monuments. Mm. Wendy Hazlett cites history of the monuments in her arguments as she recounted a five-day celebration when the Jeb Stewart and Jefferson Davis monuments went up in 1907. Okay, girl, like, like that wasn't a five-day celebration to reinforce white supremacy in the Jim Crow South? Hmm. John A. Haylett Jr., thank God for Reva Trammell, who would never come up with anything as dumb as this. Sit your ass down. Closing out the opposition, Wendy Hazlett's son, dressed in the stars and bars, all of about 10 years old, got up to read something he wrote in support of the rebel statues. For all the words that we want to scream off the teapot bridge, former city councilman Chuck Richardson said it best. Good evening. My name is Chuck Richardson, and I served on this body for 18 years. I have been involved in the fight to get the statues down 
ever since I was a member of council. But this is a sad night for me to think that after 40 years of my life, we are still debating whether to keep the statues up of a white supremacist. It is unthinkable that we are even debating whether a man who would call for a constitution that said we will mirror the United States Constitution in all ways except one, that the Negro is subservient and unequal to the white man and should always be that way. Every statue on Monument Avenue fought for that belief, and I am ashamed to live in a city where people would come down and rise up to support such beliefs. You see, we have come together at some point, and as long as those statues up there that represent hate, that represent division, that represented men who worked people for free all their lives and never paying them a dime, who beat them, hung them without trials, went down to the virgin quarters of little girls, eight, I mean, 11, 12, 13 years old, and raped them. That went on for 250 years, and people said they are proud of that heritage. People who come down here and say, we don't know our history, we all need to learn the facts. The facts are that that was a deplorable, despicable, cruel way of life, and it was the darkest point of America's history. And we teach our children that it's going to cost too much to take them down? What's the price of having a statue up on Monument Avenue, and in the classroom you teach freedom, and the statues you leave up teach hate and subserviency and imprisonment? After hearing 30 minutes of opposition and 30 minutes of support, council brought the paper back for discussion. There were two main arguments being made against the resolution. First was pitting education funding against discussions about the monuments. Second District Councilwoman Kim Gray and 8th District Councilwoman Reva Trammell were suddenly all about education funding and lamenting the horrible conditions of Richmond Public Schools, which they weren't wrong, but where were these sentiments during the budget cycle when they were talking about allocating more funding for schools? They were laying it on thick with three C's, y'all, this evening. They were claiming that putting this in front of the General Assembly would distract and ruin the city's effort to get more state funding for RPS. In the middle of the meeting, Superintendent Jason Cameras tweeted, asking council not to use RPS funding as the reason to not support the monument proposal. Fourth District Councilwoman Kristen Larson also agreed with the concern around preserving education funding advocacy. In a similar vein, Third District Councilman Chris Hilbert spoke on the wealth divide as the biggest relic of white supremacy, citing housing and education that needs to be addressed. The other argument around the language of the resolution, First District Councilman Andreas Addison, who served on the Monument Avenue Commission, said the resolution didn't state specifically which statues would be addressed. He said he would be more inclined to support the legislation if it was specific. Fifth District Councilman Parker Agilasho... Agilasho? Fifth District Councilman Parker Agilasto was a mashup of all the aforementioned arguments and added that it is a national landmark which requires going to the Department of the Interior, which ain't gonna happen. The paper failed on a 6-3 vote with only 7th District Councilwoman Cynthia Newbill and 6th District Councilman 11th... 11? 11 Robinson. I can't even Where is that? On Stranger Things. 6th District Councilwoman Ellen Robertson and 9th District Councilman and paper patron Mike Jones voting in favor. That part of the meeting sucked the air out of the room. We were literally ready to bounce right then. 
us with our suspended and falsely accused Twitter jail Twitter account wanted to roll immediately. Frankly, it was disappointing and infuriating to hear our council members hold up RPS students as a shield for relics of white supremacy. Yes, we all agree education funding is of paramount importance. We are on the same page, but we needed to be on the same page back during budget season instead of attacking the school board and superintendent at every twist and turn, drawing headline after headline of negativity and allegations of mismanagement. At what point are we going to finally band together as one city or one Richmond as Mayor Stody may have it? If it isn't the monuments or education unless it's convenient, then what is it? When will we stop wringing our hands full of complaints and blame and start putting it in the work? and start putting in the work. The infighting has to stop. Using RPS kids as political fodder has to stop. In 2016, at every single forum, all of the candidates preached about communication and working together at all levels of government. But from day one, that was a laughable pipe dream. Even when there are unifying opportunities such as Mayor Stoney's paper to ask the General Assembly to fully fund the cost of education, there's always something that comes up. This time? It was that being on the record as a vote in favor of legislation you were just advocating for the need to not distract legislators from with monument talk apparently wasn't as important as a media interview since Gray stepped out. That will thankfully do it for this episode of The Quick and Dirty. We'll rate it a five racist smoke detectors out of five. All going off at once because Richmond is burning! If you want to start or continue a dumpster fire, and I mean conversation with us, Hit us up across all social media at RVA Dirt. And if we're live screaming, screaming, now we're screaming. We are live I'm screaming. <laughs> and if we're live streaming or back in Twitter purgatory, catch us at Live RVA Dirt. Bye, have a beautiful time.